call the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. Good afternoon. I am Madam Adams, Cindy Adams from the New York Post. I am in it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I have been since the beginning of time. And if you used to listen to me from 1 to 2, because that's the time I was always on, for some reason they have promoted me or upgraded me, and now I am on from 2 to 3. And if you don't like me, they'll probably throw me off from 3 to 4. But right now I'm on from 2 to 3 on Sundays, WABC 770 on the AM dial. And I want to tell you, There is one thing I do not understand about Biden, and I want to mention that to you. The fact is, the man doesn't really care. He only cared for two things in his life. A long-time do-nothing in D.C., which is what he was. He only thirsted for the job. He desperately wanted to be president. And two, he cared for family. His, not yours. He got what he wanted, all he ever wanted. And as far as he's concerned, the rest of this whole effing world can basically go to hell. I'm telling you what I know, not what I think. Onward, onward, onward. The city that never sleeps, it's crying. Last Sunday, the Yankees invited me to Wallman Rink so I could view the new sports game, Paddle. They were sponsoring it. Then came Don't Go, Not Safe. There was a Hamas Pro and a Pro-Israel rally. Both were out, and temperature on the street where I live was hate. It also corroded the indoors. Take fashion magazines, which, the way the world is today, are about as much in demand as watching Biden do the polka. Advertising has pooped. Readers are down. Suddenly up comes a lady named Samira Nasser. Her father is Lebanese, mom Trinidadian, first woman of color in Harper's Bazaars, 153 years. She immediately posted support of the terrorists. Nice. It should help subscriptions. All of a sudden, Valerie Salambier, the former publisher of Harper's Bazaar, emailed Hearst's president, plus its former CEO. She said, I am appalled at those remarks, supporting terrorist group Hamas after they have killed so many people. I should suggest you fire this lady immediately. She is a fashion editor, not a Hamas spokesperson. Shame on her and Hearst for allowing this. Her post was instantly removed. So far, she wasn't. The lady is still working there. Now, since I'm on NYC, I want to talk about the rental market. It's soft. Florida already has more seniors than alligators. Wall Street has offices down there. Our exits will next be to small burgs in the Carolinas, New Hampshire, 
main states to which nobody's previously rushed because there's no more land left in Florida that doesn't have somebody on it. So they've got to find other places to go to. You know, thinking back, once upon a Giuliani, his good mayoral days ruled a livable city. Squeegee guys gone, crime down, buddies jailed. Needed now is a new local city council who knows housing, social services, draconian budget cuts, types who'll work the city daytime. The days when we had a really good Giuliani. What we got now is a nighttime mayor. Globally, this planet is in chaos. Understood. But in what was once the richest city in the world, where people from all over the world wanted to come, we locally have our own specific suffering. The question is, where are New York City's hotshot bankers? Where are our multimillionaire business leaders, the revered clergy? Harlem people are killing their own people. Why is there no planet, why is there no panel of black clergymen? Anyone here are rich, big shots speaking out? We don't hear from anybody. It's just we and the press who are screaming. Some people are hiding behind their portfolios and gated mansions in soft, rich places like Greenwich. They've moved further east. But going to it, wherever it is, has already started creeping out. Connecticut is where cars are being stolen. You know why? There is no law enforcement to stop them. So people who have moved to Connecticut are now finding Connecticut is no haven. New York City, where the whole world once wanted to come, now has, you ready? Homeless, crime, rats, migrants, inflation, unemployment, hookers, marijuana, drugs, congestion, traffic. High taxes, bad schools, empty buildings, scary subways, zero parking, killing taxes, construction crews on every street, infrastructure crumbling, empty stores, and east side, west side, all around the town, there's always delivery guys on bicycles banging into you when you walk. I know because I crossed the street the other day, I looked in the correct direction to make sure there was no bicycle coming, and from the wrong direction, I nearly got hit by a bicycle. I'm just telling you. Some people hide behind their portfolios and their gated mansions in soft places, but it's not happening. Those soft places are now turning hard. Squashed in this city that never sleeps, that never sweeps or sleeps, are one-namers who live here. They're not moving out like me, Seinfeld, Spielberg, De Niro, Madonna, Scorsese, D. Trump, Mariah, Sarah Jessica, Beyonce. Also, we got us society types like Rockefellers, Astors, Vanderbilts, plus billionaires who could relocate to the glories of maybe Cincinnati, like a Bloomberg, Lauder, Icon, Blavatnik, Les Blavatnik, with his 16.3 billions. Listen, 
I'm bitching and I'm complaining because I love this city and I don't know where it or us or we are going. Be it known that in New York City's world-famous Bronx Zoo, the animals are kept safe behind bars for protection. It's we, us, the living, breathing, tax-paying citizens who exist here, work here, live here, love here, survive here, procreate here. We are the creatures with no protection. So before I go any further, I want to tell you, you've got to be sure to take care of yourself. Lithium in phosphate batteries are exploding everywhere. They're jeopardizing lives. They're overheating. They're causing fires in electric vehicles, laptops, boats, e-bikes, phones, scooters. The U.S. Consumer Product, Product Safety Commission has reported 25,000 issues in a five-year period. News have reported firefighters doused one fire that took 20,000 gallons of water. The International Association of Fire and Rescue Services claims battery-related fires increased five-fold in the last six years. So, comes now Boston-based Alsim, A-L-S-Y-M. It's a made-in-America technology. It is non-toxic, non-flammable technology, and it is replacing those lithium-ion phosphate batteries. Alsim says their non-flammable, non-toxic ones are cheaper than the lithium so, wanting a better way, the industry wants it made in the USA batteries. It's a game changer. Going onward, going onward, added to our Middle Eastern horror, there is the daily news. In New York, at 2 p.m., a gray-haired lady walked alone on the east side of Madison Avenue and 72nd, 71st Street. That is Fashion Central Avenue. Right there is Ralph Lauren's huge building, plus a long-standing, well-known church. Right in front, broad daylight, she was mugged. Passers-by ran after the guy. They caught, they grabbed him. This is what New York City lives have become? Gun targets? Robbery targets? Knife-wielding targets? Tax targets? Rat targets? Ah, I'm telling you, once Mayor Koch declared New York City a sanctuary. Mayor Giuliani, who then enlivened Koch's invitation, now claims Democrats have made New York City hospitable to immigrants. Koch and Giuliani set this pattern. The solution? Hey, remember DeSantis saying he's humane? 
and taking immigrants to Martha's Vineyard? Well, winter is coming. It's cruel to send immigrants to the frozen north. He could find a bus cavalcade to South Carolina. Georgia, Florida, costs less than housing and feeding migrants shipped in from Texas and could spare them sleeping in New York's freezing streets. Ah, oh, listen, I got to tell you, this has nothing to do with anything, but it's something I want to get off my chest. I was just in Boston. Why did I go to Boston? Who cares about Boston? I went because it's fall time and it's a time to visit someplace. So this is an explanation. It is not an apology. The town, Boston, it's got Boston baked beans. There's a point that I'm going to make here. The town's got Boston baked beans, Boston scrod, Boston cream pie, Boston clam chowder. Boston clam chowder is red. Boston's white. It's like milk of magnesia. Anyway, what they did is they made Harvard. And the question I am asking now is, why are all Harvard professors primarily left-wingers? None ever had a real job. None ever scratched to make a living in the real life of inventory, housing, tenure, style, salaries. Their life work is just to pee on the God bless us, United States of America. Boston's downtown is tiny. My hairpiece is larger. The lousiest thing, this is the real reason for this story. The lousiest thing is the Boston Globe. That's their prime newspaper. And years back, when I first visited Boston, they wrote an editorial slamming me. They said the town should bar me. They printed how I should never be allowed there anymore. They said that running their tiny town was no notorious crime boss, Killer James Whitey Bulger. He was racketeering. He was extortion. He was murderer. Him they didn't mind. Me they minded. Here's why. I had gone to Fenway to inhale the Red Sox once. Big mistake. New Yorkers have to understand that even the Statue of Liberty can smell Yankee Stadium's hot dogs. The aroma reaches to Colorado, inhaling at least one big, long, fat, red, juicy, aromatic. Frank is automatic. I can knock off two while ordering a hamburger. So I go to Fenway, my first time. I order a frankfurter. The thing comes. You ready? And you ready for why they wrote an editorial against me? The frankfurter was beige. Beige. A beige frank? The color of my blouse? I could have pinned it on my collar as a brooch. Whoever heard of a beige hot dog? It was the width of a crayon. The thing looked like a dog dropped it. Face it, if the pilgrims had known this, they'd have turned around. So, we classy exports from Yankee Stadium, inhaling our world-famous, delicious, juicy, extra-long beef hot dogs, even without the sauerkraut. Listen, we have standards. They may be low, but they're standards. 
So I talked about this tragedy. I wrote about it in the New York Post. The locals resented it. They did an actual editorial. It was Forget the Boston Tea Party. Fie on the American Revolution. Shove the Battle of Bunker Hill. Ignore your John Hancock Company increasing premiums. It is no longer welcome in their small city, me. Cindy Adams of the New York Post, I was no longer welcome. An editorial. Listen, if Moses schlepped down from Mount Sinai now and they trekked to Fenway, the tablets he'd carry would be aspirin. So shove their Sam Adams beer, their locally made Monopoly, and their Dunkin' Donuts, and New York's famous extra-long hot dogs. They are the best. Okay, I'm still going on, so don't get rid of me. I'm still going on. Tragedy is today's daily food. Shouting, not chatting. To learn when couples actually engage in normal everyday conversation, what I did is a survey. Is it at breakfast? No. I asked a driver. He's at breakfast. Who has time to talk? My only interest is coffee. I got to work. The wife's got to work. Weekends we food shop. That's when we talk. It's enough. A techie said to me, breakfast? I should engage in chat and breakfast? That's when I take Charlie out. Who's Charlie? Our dog. Who should I take out seven in the morning to poop? My wife? A lady accountant said to me, listen, I got a small child, a train to catch, and an au pair to instruct. It's no time for big talking. I'm busy stuffing my kid with wheat Tina, not asking why my husband came home light, late the night before. Also, the husband drinks soy milk, and if we're out of it, he's set for a divorce. No moment to discuss the Middle East. Also, clouding conversation, devices. Focusing on a face when the person's facing his palm, learned from my inventory, was that the choice is either looking at a schlumpy housecoat or a blonde anchor with long hair mispronouncing the news. So it was either burnt toast or a teenage female anchor with long hair down to her crotch and fake eyelashes discussing terrorists in Iran. That's how she pronounced it. Okay, it's now time for me to make a station break. I just want to tell you, before I make the station break, write me letters. I want to hear from you. I love hearing from you. And I have to remind you, my new town time, instead of one to two, is two to three. And then among my so-called fan mail letters came this one. It said, I am married to the same woman 15 years. It's starting to go dull. I know her every move before she makes it. So I answered him. I said, look, pal, if she still moves, don't complain. Time for me for a station break.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. Sean Young was a hotshot movie star in the 80s. I knew her very, very well. She worked with people like Kevin Costner and, and, um, and Michael Douglas and Nicolas Cage. She was the tops, and then she fell off the radar, and I haven't spoken to her in all these years. So now she is on an off-Broadway show, and I'm going to get back with Sean Young again. You won't remember, Sean, but I have never forgotten. A, a long time ago, right after you were an Elaine Aiken student who was my friend, you yeah, once supervised you once supervised how I looked. You were gorgeous and I wasn't, and you knew makeup and I didn't. And you said, I am very particular about my makeup. A makeup person has to go up because going up doesn't drag your face out. I get crazy I when I'm not treated well. I remember that. Do you remember oh, saying that's it? Funny. Well, I remember saying it, yeah, because it's true, you know, and I always try to help the ladies out. You know, all the all the girls on this show are really nice and you know, it's just great to have uh, information that you can share and that people appreciate. I don't, I don't remember specifically saying that to you. I've said it about a gazillion times because do you find that I was right? Yes. Do you put yeah. your makeup on going up or when you're yeah. going out yourself? Yeah. Yeah, still. And my face looks pretty good for 63. Yeah, well, you got to come you know? over and fix mine, honey. So now yeah. <laughs> Meantime, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me what ode to the wasp woman means. What is it? It's a vignette of four acts of people who had tragic endings in Hollywood. I play Susan Cabot. She worked for Roger Corman back in the day and did a movie called The The Wasp Woman, which I actually watched. It's you got to be patient to get through it, but she turns into a wasp at the end. And so this is about her, her real life story, which was really kind of tragic. And, um, you know, she comes to her a tragic ending in, in a murder. And um, then there's George Reeves in it. And the guy, Carl Switzer or Schweitzer, who played Alfalfa and the Little Rascals, and then Barbara Payton. And all these people were... Um, you know, kind of tra- kind of tragic figures. And there's songs. There's songs in the show. There's like four different songs. And, um, yeah, it's been it's, – it's rather clever, to tell you the truth. It's rather clever. Why did you decide this when we haven't heard you do anything in some while? Why specifically did you pick this? I don't think it's a mystery that actors like to work, you know. But you didn't fun. work for so long. Well, I did. I just didn't work on things that got a lot of traction. 
You know, like I in the in the '90s, we all made our money doing Lifetime movies up in in Vancouver, or you know, you yeah. know what I mean. And then they lost their tax credit, and then you know, I mean, you can work, but like I said, you know, the the, the alphabet. I, I've done A, B, C, and D, and I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of experience, and I like l- l- lending my my strength and my leadership to this this show and it's fun for me and i think the director was very um he built my confidence up and let me feel that you know i would be right for it and i think i am right for it and so you know it was offered and it was a good opportunity for me what is the actors temple theater i did the life story of lee strasberg i i wrote his autobiography as told to me. So I know all about the actors, but I don't understand the Actors Temple Theater. I didn't know about that. Well, I don't that. know that they're, they're associated. Lee Strasberg Theater is like on 15th. This is on 47th Street, and it used to be a synagogue, and then they converted it into a theater. I'm not sure what year that happened, but um, it's been here a while. It's a little, it's a little, you know, 199 seat theater, and um, it's got like stained glass windows and stuff. And it's kind of, it's it's from at least I would say 50 years ago or 40 years ago. So is this a limited engagement? Well, it just depends on on how it does. You know, I'm I'm in it till the the end of the year, and really, I think all these shows really it. it it ends up being like how well the show does if you go on, as far as I understand. But so now you're in New York, is that correct? You have to. Yes, be... yes, I am. How does it feel? Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, I love New York. I've missed it. You know, I've missed it a lot. And what they they've got an Airbnb for me on Forty Fifth Street, so it's right across the street from Broadway Dance Center, which I love, and so I can just bop over there. You know, Sean Young, with all the awards and all these famous people, you were in a B and B. Oh, I love it! Oh no, I love it. I much prefer it because you know when you're. Well, I don't know about you, but I have to be like I have to have a clean diet. It's very good to have a clean diet, and and I don't eat wheat anymore. So, you know, it's like you go to a restaurant and it's like wheat, wheat, wheat. It's too much. So I like to cook for myself. So that was the point of that. Tell me, since I'm never eating anything proper, what what's <laughs> wrong with wheat? Well, you know, you can read a book called Wheat Belly by Dr. William Davies, but basically wheat stimulates your appetite. The, the type of wheat uh, strain that is used primarily in uh, products today and the highly processed food, and wheat is one of them and pasta is one of them, and it you know, when you eliminate those from your diet, your weight is stabilized and you don't have cravings anymore. And it's just way better for your body. You know? Listen, those two things are my main foods. <laughs> well, I know, but you know what? You'd have. I'll tell you something. When you give those up, what yeah. you notice immediately is how light you feel and how much better you feel and how much more spry you are. Like I've, I've been off wheat now and... I used to have like aches in my knees. All that went away without the because wheat is is uh, promotes inflammation, 
And so when you eat it, you're actually making it really much more tough on your body to expel its toxins and stuff. It's You just have to try it, Cynthia, in order to believe it. Wheat, and you can get the book, Wheat Belly. It's it. it it's the whole history of it, so you'll know everything after you read that book because there's a lot of there's a lot of science and information in it. But it's okay. a, it's a it's a tough one. You know why? Because it is so much of all of our diets. It's like it's hideous, actually. So a sandwich you don't ever have? No, nope. oh. no, no. My 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 diet's pretty dull. I basically eat some forms of meat and then vegetables and salads. And although I get bored with that sometimes, I never get bored with how I feel, you know. That's pretty good. Now, back to your show. Do you change wardrobe for the characters? I do. I change a couple times. I only play Susan, um, but there are a couple of changes, yeah. And it's the, fun. These these four, uh, I, I'm not sure I, I understand who they are, but they're they're all gone? They're not with us anymore? Correct. Okay. So yeah. why why spe- tell me again my my brain is not working why specifically did the writer pick these four people to write about Well I'm not sure why the writer picked those four other than he was interested in them like he he, he knows all about the the um the characters I I have the right the writer right here if you want to ask him I'm not I sure don't, but... I know I only want to talk to you talk to me okay. yeah Okay. Well, it you know his inspiration. Um, you know he he has a whole background. He knew all about these different characters, and did a lot of research on all of them. I I didn't know about Barbara Payton, um, so I learned a lot about her on with the script. But I knew about uh, George Reeves, and I knew about the alfalfa yeah. guy because he he was shot. But it, I also learned about Susan Cabot, and I and I looked up the. Um, I have a friend, and I looked up the files of of her of her case because her son mur- murdered her, and um, her, her son had dwarfism, and so she would give him hor- hor- growth hormones, and that was in the early '80s and and probably late '70s, and I'm not sure they knew exactly what growth hormones did at that point. However, uh, so it was a very tragic. Well, her whole life was tragic. She grew up in foster homes. Her her mom got placed in an insane asylum, and you know, and then she became, you know, kind of a, a B movie actress, and and that was probably the best, most affirming and validating thing in her life, you know. So then, when her career fails, um, kind of sent her over the edge. Okay. After this, where do you? go do you have something else planned after the show i don't at the moment but um that's you know that's just show business <laughs> no, no, you know I but know. maybe yeah it... i don't i don't at the moment i have a i have another play that um i want to do and i got a whole bunch of people in arizona and actually chandler arizona uh that want to set it up so i'm happy about that it's a 900 seat theater that theater but we're waiting for one more actor are you going to look for movies or are movies going to be looking for you at all well i hope so cindy that's kind of the 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 hope if you had to choose show business again if you had life to live over would you choose show business again you mean when i was 20 yeah 
Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think I was, I think I was a, a very good mother in this lifetime. So I'm very glad that I I got to be a mother. It was a very fulfilling. But I also, being an actress, especially in the '80s for me, was quite exciting. You know, and I think what I think my proviso would be, I would do it again, except I would learn better. Uh, preservation skills. I don't know if you remember this, but my nose is stuffy. My my mother was my manager, and well, she she passed away, but she she was a crap manager, and I didn't know how to say no, you know. So because of those family dynamics, and so I think if I did show business again, I would I would hope that I could you know, say no to my mother and choose good people to be, you know, in business with, because that really does make a difference for a lot of people who are in this industry is to be represented by people that, you know, are in a, in a strong position to be of use to you. You were really at the top. You were, I mean, with the the number one players in, in our world. How did you start working as an actress? How? Where I got I got really lucky. I um I got I got seen by ICM, and then I, they signed me. I never went it to any other agency in ni- in 1978. They signed me, and then a month after I was signed with ICM, I got a movie called Jane Austen in Manhattan with with James James Ivory and Ishmael Merchant. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just boom right out of the gate, and then not too long after that, I got stripes, and then I got Blade Runner, which was like, oh my lord! And then, you know, I, I did the Young Doctors in Love with Gary Marshall, and then you know, the eighties was it was but that a very was your that was the time of your year. You you were running very hot then. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and all the way I think till like eighty seven even. 87, 88, and, and then I had the misfortune of doing that movie with James Woods. And that was, you know, um, hey, not, not, a good, not a good career break, you know, not a good career break. Okay. Do you see any of your old movies? Do you ever watch? Do you have a box uh, set of them? To tell you the truth, I don't. I really don't. I, I sometimes... Um, people will say, oh, I saw your movie the other day. I know they air a lot because I get a lot of residuals, which makes me happy. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't uh, I, I don't watch them myself much. I, I still like Ace Ventura a lot. Makes me laugh. But, I, you know, there were things about all of them that I liked. Like I liked Cousins, even though it was sort of a little strange movie. And, you know, even... Even some of the Lifetime movies were amusing, perhaps, you know, more in the, you know, B B or C category. But still, I was always really grateful to have a living and, you know, be able to work and be able to take care of my family, which, you know, I did a really good job. And my boys turned out great. They're just fantastic. So, you know, in the long run, I really have really happy it went as it did. Is there anything else you'd want to do uh, besides show business? Any particular hobby? Oh, you know, you'd like? oh, I would love to direct plays. That would be so much fun. 
you know, or, or direct anything for that matter, because I'm already a kind of a little bossy person. So, you know, I do, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I walk in and I, and I like have all this, you know, I've got four decades in this business, right? I mean, that's a lot of business. That's a lot of years. And I walk in and I, I know what's going on, you know? So, you know, things things come up to my in my head that I remember. Uh, I I know Woody Allen took you to to the Waldorf once, and and didn't you learn boxing? Am I right or am I wrong? I I learned boxing for a film called. Um, it had the it had the word crimes in it. I can't remember. I can't remember it, but. Um, and we shot that in Georgia, and that was a Harvey Weinstein picture. And oh, then, yeah, um, okay. right, and then Woody Allen cast me in two different pictures. One was Crimes and Misdemeanors, but he cut me out of it, and then he wrote me a note saying, I didn't cut you out because of anything you did, you know. Um, and then I think I was in the, a Woody picture for about, for, called Alice with Mia, and that was before all the shenanigans. And... Um, yeah, yeah. There's just so been. To, I really. I mean, you know, if I had to say any regrets, I, you know, I think every actor says, you know, I wish I could have done more, a pictures. You know, I mean, but that's not like a newsflash. You know what I mean? I mean, every actor wants to be in really good movies, and you can always tell too if you're working on a show that's really high quality. You know it. And you also know if it's not quite as good or if it's, you know, or whatever. And, and some actors don't, you know, they're very particular about what they choose. And, and um, I mean, I definitely know how to say no to stuff that I don't want to do. Um, but I like to work, you know, it's fun for me. And I don't have a, you know, a tremendous ego about it either. So, you know, I bring a lot to the party and oh, I'm proud of do. that. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. I bring it, and I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Can we ask you about the bad time with the actor? Oh, well, you know, I mean, he he was a psycho. That's what, you know, he was a psycho. And, well, I mean, let let me put it into some perspective. You know, now there's a thing called the Me Too movement, right? And, you know, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a lot more of people, you know, who are aware of, you know, the fact that, that, that people will prey on young, beautiful women and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the other side of the coin is it's not like these women don't know that they're beautiful and they're walking in there and they're trying to parlay what they have for greater opportunities. You know, that's also true. Both sides of this coin are true, right? So, yeah, it's, it's, that's not a news flash. So, so I was more or less in that category in the eighties where I was a young, beautiful, you know, actress and ambitious and stuff. And I just didn't have quite the self-preservation. And when, when I would get harassed, I, I was kind of harsh on them. You know, I was, I was kind of like, no, Warren Beatty, get your hands off me. You know, I, I wasn't really very politic about it and, um, I could have done that better, you know, but, and this is one of the things I've taught my sons, um, 
I, I said to them, look, I was right, but that didn't do me much good, you know? So being able to keep, you know, your mouth shut and all that, that was something I didn't have a great skill at at that time. And I, I probably haven't improved much either for that matter. But. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm, you I'm, know. Just, I'm just glad to talk. I'm just glad to talk to you. I'm just glad After to talk to you. After all these years, yes, it's sweet. I appreciate it, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad to talk to you, Sean. Really, really, really. Once every 25 years, it's great to talk to you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks, honey. The Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I would like to say one thing more about my New York. The New York court system. A defendant suddenly realizes his entire life is in the hands of 12 people who aren't smart enough to get off doing jury duty. And now I want to babble. A few things I want to babble about. You should know that the Hamas charter calls for murdering Jews. It's written. Its current horror was not just destroying Israel, kidnapping the elderly, killing the little children and babies. Primarily, it was not to free Palestine. Please know, Hamas was simply living up to its charter. Now, we're soon going to get credit card commercials. Tonight, steak in Los Angeles. Tomorrow, teriyaki in Tokyo. This weekend, bankruptcy in Manhattan. It's definitely in New York, kids. Definitely in New York. I love New York. I live in New York. I was born in New York. I'm recording now in New York. I write a newspaper in the New York Post. I want to protect my New York. To me, New York is the United States of America. So if I knock New York, it's because I love it. I love New York. I didn't love my husband like I love New York. Okay. Ron DeSantis. You should excuse the expression. Some donors want to un donor him they are obliged the people from Ron DeSantis's organization they are obliged to cut them refund checks they want their money back he is upset he is looking to minimize stories about these refunds some people wanting their money back say he lost them when his biggest issue became Mickey Mouse do not say I'm not trying to help you. Comes the Academy of Arts Take Home a Nude Auction. Pay attention. I am trying to help you. There is a Take Home a Nude Auction. 200 works offered online to fund scholarships. Listen, if you get one of them, <laughs> make sure it's well hung. <laughs> A travel blip. I'm saying a lot of little things. I feel like burbling and babbling. And if you don't want to turn off, God forbid you should turn me off, listen to me. I'll get over it in a few minutes. But right now, I have something that's gone through my head, and I want to burble. Like I'm going to tell you, a travel blip. This guy reconfirms two days before on his United phone app. He reaffirms his negative 
CVPCR test. He reconfirms that it was taken within 72 hours of departure. He is headed for Istanbul. Up pops a request for reconfirmation of his negative CVPCR test before the plane takes off and changes at Frankfurt. He has to take within 48 hours of their plane change in Frankfurt. He has to reconfirm it. He's been assured this was unnecessary since he is only in transit. He's not getting off in Frankfurt. He's only changing planes. But Germany has rules. And his two Pfizer shots didn't mean borscht. So he calls www.less.com a fixer. He pays for a car service from New Jersey back to Lufthansa and back another $1,200 to meet with a mobile tester. In other words, he had to fly all the way back. He had to meet with a tester, a mobile tester, the 9 a.m. 4, just to stick a Q-tip up his nose and deliver him the negative. Listen, this is where we have come. This is what the United States of America has become. This is what Lufthansa has become. This is what Germany has become. I, I want to tell you three things. I want to tell you three things because this is what I have become. I need praise. So I have become three things that I need. One, you should know that I have just gotten an award. I have said this before, but I have to say it again. I got an award for my WABC radio program. They said I was marvelous. If they didn't say I was marvelous, I'm saying I was marvelous. But I got an award for my interview with Andrew Cuomo. This was immediately after he was bounced or he got out of being a governor. He had said he had gone to some event and he had driven there. However, I happened to know he had taken a plane and I had the people who were on the plane tell it to me. The second thing I would like to say is I'd like to hear from you. Now that I've changed the time and I'm on at 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock instead of the old 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, I would like to have letters from you. I would like to hear from you. I would like to hear, is this a time that's best for you? And that's what I would like to hear from. And now I will go on to another couple of things and then it's over for me. AI is now cranking out, as we know, professional picks and TV commercials. Nice things, minimal cost, less than producing with a crew and talent. They are using artificial intelligence to speed up video production of small and medium-sized businesses. Its platforms have now connected with Hulu and Roku and lots of other stations and lots of other areas. Even Unreal Hollywood is on to artificial intelligence. On the morning show, Billy Crudup and Jimmy Kimmel demonstrated chat CBT or GBT or whatever the hell it's called. They, they demonstrated writing a script on command without droning on how the stuff beats what pros dish out. They did the script all themselves. And I am now coming to an end.
To recap our historic theatrical awards brings up the oldie from moviedom's late director Alfred Hitchcock, who reportedly it is said that I said, quote, actors are cattle. No, a lie. I never said that. I only said they should be treated like cattle. And this is Madam Adams, Cindy Adams, signing off for WABC 770 on the dial. And if you're really nice to me, you will get me again next Sunday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. But please tune in because I love you. Bye. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cop Talk with Captain Ed Mamet and Detective Kevin Schroeder. Mike Saffroconi, I really appreciate you guys having me here. How does your policing career fit into your political aspirations? We're problem solvers. As cops and as detectives, we're problem solvers. I mean, when we're on the streets, we're not just enforcers and deterrents. We're also psychiatrists in many ways, right? We listen to people. I learned to listen as a police officer and as a detective. To listen to everybody's interest in their cares and their problems, right? So I think that's so important to be able to listen. I think we don't do that anymore in politics, right? Everybody's heard about their own agenda, really not listening to what the constituents want. Well, there's no question that having a career in law enforcement prepares you for many things in life. People don't realize that because if you're around long enough, you encounter just about everything. Everything. As we said, it's the greatest show on earth. It's unbelievable. I mean, every day is a new adventure. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. station built just for you entertaining talk information and new york opinions that is a hundred percent on target the world famous and american original talk radio 77 wabc and wabcradio.com this is new york's talk leader the crown jewel of talk radio wabc new york and 1071 wlir hampton bays 77 wabc news